Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Paperweight Entertainment Podcast, your home for all things Marvel, DC, Star Wars, and so much more. Join Derek, Trent, and Ian as they tell tales to astonish along this journey into mystery. So grab some snacks and settle in because Paperweight Entertainment starts now. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Paperweight Entertainment Podcast. This is your host, Derek Hoskins. I got it right this time on the first try. I'm pretty proud of myself. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go check out our uh, Twitter page or our Facebook or any of our social medias to see how I messed up my own name in the intro of our Suicide Squad review. So, I got it right this time and I got all flustered. With me tonight, as always, is Mr. Trent Persinger. Trent, you ready to go? What if I wasn't ready to go? You're fired. <laughs> oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> Ian, you ready to go? Ian Torrance is with us as well. I am. With squinty eyes and a migraine. He's a trooper. He's here ready to talk about Marvel's What If, which is what we will be discussing tonight after we talk about just a couple of news stories and I gush about the first episode for season three of The Titans. But before we get to that, we're going to get to our uh, our quick news segment. Not a lot to talk about this week of note, but first and foremost, what I want to talk about, something I got really ridiculously excited about this week, is that Idris Elba posted a picture of Knuckles from Sonic the Hedgehog, just his closed fist on his uh, on his Instagram. I believe it was Instagram, Instagram or Twitter, um, saying that you know he's going to be Knuckles in the Sonic the Hedgehog sequel which is a movie I'm surprisingly excited about because that first movie was really, really fun. I didn't think it was going to be any good, but I actually really enjoyed it. Ian, did you uh, see the first Sonic? And are you excited to see Knuckles voiced by Idris Elba in the second one? I did not watch the first Sonic. Shame on I I am excited because I, I like anything that man touches. If you know what I mean. I do know what you mean. What if he touched the grave of Hitler? What if he touched that? Uh, I would love it because he, you know, he'd, he'd have his reasons and I believe in him. So maybe he's well, reaching the- it. Maybe he's reaching in to give him one last choke, like one last shake around. Okay. The I'll give you collar. See? Well, and also if he's touching the grave of Hitler, I mean, he could be doing anything to that grave. It's still a grave. Hitler's still dead. So it doesn't matter. Trent, what about you? Did you watch the first Sonic? And do you, uh, are you excited about Idris Elba taking over his knuckles? I did watch the first Sonic. And is, I really, he, is he is he behind is he you right now? <laughs> uh, my kid was crying, or it could have been Knuckles. I don't know. But, um, <laughs> Knuckles the somebody, somebody gave your kid the Knuckles. That's why she's crying. <laughs> oh God, I hope not. Um, what was I saying? Yes, Knuckles, Idris Elba. Um, yeah, I thought that was an awesome casting choice. I thought the first movie was really well done. Um, looking forward to the second one. So yeah, sign me up. Yeah. And again, like I said, I was really, really surprised. We, I didn't watch that one until well after it came out, like on home streaming. I keep wanting to say home video and that shows how old I am, but on uh, streaming. And I Please really enjoyed be kind, it. Rewind. Yeah, that's right. Be kind. Rewind. Our younger viewers or listeners have no idea what we're talking about. Sorry. Back in the 90s. We had these yeah, wonderful I, things called VHSs. I, I, I take responsibility for that, Derek. I think it was that meme I posted earlier about the 90s with the blockbuster and the videotapes. I think that's where your brain was at. It, it absolutely was. Uh, that was that was nostalgia gold, that, right? that picture that you put up there. But I will say, and I would recommend going and watching Sonic. It, it really was fun. Ben Schwartz playing Sonic and James Marson, the two of them bouncing off each other. 
had pretty good heart, really laugh out loud moments every now and again. And Jim Carrey kind of peaked Jim Carrey again. So I would really recommend it. And for anybody else listening that hasn't, hasn't checked it out, check it out before the second one comes out and, uh, and let us know what you thought about it on our social media. What do you think about that? And by the way, I didn't mention this up top. If I sound more subdued, it's because I have to, uh, I had to change my recording venue you know, I've talked many times about how the fact that I've been out in my garage while we record this, but here in Southern Indiana, it's about a hundred degrees outside. And in my non-insulated, non-finished garage, it's about 110 degrees. So I didn't feel like passing out tonight from heat exhaustion. So I'm in the house trying not to wake up any of the children. So I apologize if I sound super, super low and sexy tonight. So what you're saying is you're not going to pick up one of those guitars in the background and serenade us with a song tonight. Not tonight. If you want to hear me playing guitar, listen to the intro. Okay. Guitar. <laughs> My guitar. My guitar. Right. We've a crack. <laughs> Boy, it's been a minute since we've a, we've a crack. We've a crack. Don't worry. If you don't know what we're talking about, go listen to our previous catalog. <laughs> Trent, you're really distracting me tonight, man. You're you're focusing in on something. I don't know what you're trying to find and what that, you're trying to read. You definitely look like like Edward right now with the sun just glistening on your skin. You're shining, man. Sparkly. Appreciate that. You're very sparkly. Sparkly like? Trent tonight. I appreciate that. I appreciate you. So you you're just gonna leave us you in wanna, the dark you while you're touch doing faces on what you're doing or Trent's I'm, barely here. Uh, I'm Trent's like I'd rather not. This is a, this is gonna be a real fun podcast tonight. Are, I'm whispering not to wake up any kids. No, because <laughs> multitasking would be you still tasking during this conversation and having the conversation. I feel like you're more tasking. I don't uh, think the multi is in there. I gave plenty of well thought out thoughts for Sonic, so that's true. He did. You you gave a full sentence on Sonic, and I'm really, really really proud of you. I don't even remember what he said. To be honest, <laughs> that's all right. We'll move on to more interesting news and something we can actually talk about. So this last week there was an article in the Guardian that uh, talked about how comic book creators for Marvel and DC haven't been getting compensated for the characters and storylines that they wrote when those get translated into a, a a movie that will go on to make lots and lots of money for the studio. And I've been seeing a lot about this online. You know, one, one creator said that they got $5,000 in a thank you note. Um, you know, some other ones got a little bit more than that, a little less than that. Some of them got special thank yous in the credits and, you know, invites to the premiere. Some got nothing. Now, of course, immediately the internet kind of, rallied against these big corporations saying how dare they not pay these people more money than that i actually am going to take the side of the big corporations this time i know we've been talking a lot about disney and how awful they are with this whole scarlett johansson um contract lawsuit that's going on but i actually am on the side of of disney and warner brothers right now and the reason why and i'll i'll get your all's opinion on this the reason why i say that is because when you write a, a comic book for marvel or dc for those big two those are not independent books they are not independent companies and you're doing that work as it's something called work for hire which basically you're a free freelance writer for them and when you write something for them or when you do art for them they own that artwork it is written out in the contract that you sign in order to become a creator for them i know this is true this isn't i'm not just throwing things out there. I've actually submitted work to Marvel before. And even when you submit work to them, it's written right there in clear ink that when you submit to them, anything submitted becomes theirs that they are able to use at any time in the future. And so 
So while that sounds rough, that's a pretty normal thing that happens in uh, in a lot of different creative industries when you do work for hire. And so these creators that are not getting extra money on top of you know what they've already done, I can understand them being frustrated. But there has also been times that creators have negotiated in their contract when they start working for Marvel or DC that if they're pro- if a character that they create or a storyline that they wrote becomes the basis for a for a theatrical film that they'll actually get some royalties on top of it. And so I feel bad for these creators that they're they feel like they're getting screwed over, but at the same time that was the contract that they signed. So Ian, you're making some faces, and we're going to let Trent finish up whatever he's looking at there to to get back into the conversation but is this the first time you've heard about this you know i, I sent out a text that we were going to talk about it but i wasn't sure if you'd heard about any of this that was going around and what do you think about this should these big companies be giving more money to these contracted um, creators if they use their storylines yeah i i get what you're saying that they signed their <clears throat> excuse me they signed these contracts to to do so but at the same time, like, it doesn't make it right. Like, I mean, legally, yes, but right morally to me, no, because even though they've signed these deals, you would think that this company that's making bank off of movies alone and like they're coming up with these comic book ideas and they're kind of snatching those up and using those for movies and stuff like that. I know you're not like obligated by contract to give back but why don't you just give back a little bit and just be like oh okay so here's some incentive to to write more stuff to do this and we'll we'll compensate you for it and it don't have to be anything huge but you know like some sort of give back would would be nice because these guys are very underrated they're they're working their asses off and you know they're not just going in and drawing a sketch be like ah this and yeah yeah that's good like you know I, i trent i know that you've uh Derek, I can't remember if you have, but Derek or Trent, I know that you've dabbled in, in comic books before. Like, it's not just write, draw something and you're done. Like, I'm sure you go through like a hundred pages before sometimes before you really find something you want, something you're passionate about. And like, oh, you know, this may work, this may not. And you got to piece stuff together. And I feel like they're very underrated in the fact that they're not getting compensated well enough for what they're doing. I don't know what an average comic book. Uh, writer or drawer um, makes or um, on average I, I couldn't tell you but I can tell you it's probably not enough compared to uh, what's happening with these movies because you got to think a lot of these movies they're great but th- they can't happen without these these uh, these artists yeah um, before Trent jumps in there I do want to say something that to, to what you said there is a very big difference now everything that I was talking about is legally they're not legally contracted, but you brought up the right point of morally. And absolutely, I'm yeah. with you 100% morally. There is, it is absolutely the right thing to do. I apologize for that. I just whacked my, my microphone that made a loud noise. Um, it's absolutely the right thing to do to give back a little bit because not only is it a good PR move for you, it looks good. Also, it's going to create loyalty for these, these creators that you've got working for you. If they know that there's the opportunity for them to make more money on top of their work, get more recognition for it. And also it looks good on, on creators that are coming in later thinking, okay, well, if I work my best, if I give you my best work, that it gets adapted into, into a film later that I'm going to see some of that back. So morally, I absolutely agree with you. I was just talking to the, the legal side of things. And I agree with you on that. And I, and I, I agree with the fact that I know legally there's really nothing they could do about it. I'm just saying morally, like you would think, and like you just said, to your point, 
it, it doesn't really inspire like young up and coming uh, artists to really want to dive into this kind of profession anymore, in my opinion, because it's like, what's your incentive for it? You, you make a decent amount of money, I'm sure. But like, you could be making so much more of something that's going to go like to the big screen. And half the time, like, unless you're like a super like nerd, like, like kind of like we consider ourselves nine times out of 10, like you don't even know who pinned that. You know what I mean? Like if, right. if they bring that character to the screen, unless you really like deep dive, you know, um, you don't really know. So I really think that they should be compensated a little bit, a little bit better. And, Contract-wise, are they obligated? No, but should they? Yeah, because you know there are some businesses that hire you on for a job, and later they say, okay, well, since you're doing this, here's an extra little incentive. We'll pay you this if you could do that. So it's not like they can't go back. It's not like Disney can't go back and be like, I know this is what the the, the contract says, but we could easily just just you know, give you a compensation for if, if your character in this movie or this panel that you drew goes on for this, then we can give you, you know, this X amount percentage. Uh, it, it would be nothing for them to do that. And it's not like they would be losing a whole hell of a lot off of it. They're still going to make, like I said, bank off of it anyway. And that yeah. right, Trent. Yeah. Did you hear anything I, we said? I did. I agree with all of what you said. Surprise, surprise. We all seem to tend to agree with each other on this show. But I think that's just kind of the, uh, I don't know if risk is the right word, but kind of the downside of these big Like the nature of the beast kind of? Yeah, thing. like we all love Marvel and DC and, you know, a lot of young artists. That's probably their goal is to work for the big wigs like that someday. But that's kind of the territory you run into, too. And that's why I think you see a lot more independent uh, comics, try, you know, making it big and people that, come up with their own stuff that want to keep the rights to it, you know? So I think, you know, if you're trying to, if you're just doing it for the love of the art and you want to get your work out there, then yeah, maybe you go the Marvel and DC and the big corporation route. But if you really are protective about a story of yours or a character of yours or something like that, I mean, you know, you got to think about that kind of thing because you're basically giving Marvel and DC free ideas, not free, but you know what I mean? Cheap. Yeah, you really are. And that's that's another thing. I don't know if I made that clear enough. I wanted to reiterate anything that you do, any work that you do at all when you are work for hire. And this isn't just Marvel. This is any space at all. Any if, if you're hired to do a job, anything that you do on that job. Is the is now the property of the um, of the business that you're working for. And so anytime if you write, if you if you're hired to write Batman, everything you write, none of that belongs to you anymore. It's not your intellectual property. It's not your legally. It's not legally your property. It 100% belong or 100% belongs to Warner Brothers and to DC Comics, and the same with Marvel. And Ian, you asked about how much people you know these creators make. Um, the the best the best example I could find was from a couple of years back, and they said that typically for a writer to just come in, a writer that just does dialogue and uh, or or story, uh, usually between eighty and a hundred dollars per book that they that they do and so but people that are actually like contracted through marvel uh i, I think it said starting out around fifty one thousand. so i mean they make a decent wage but it's not the superstar money that you'd make you know if you're working on the film side of things. yeah and, and that's decent money but that's not even a fraction of what disney makes off of all that stuff right that's true that's true and there have been some that have made that have made a, a lot of money over the years like i i can think of 
um, John Romita Jr., the the artist, one of my favorite comic book artists. He worked for Marvel for years and years, for decades. And DC offered him more money and he negotiated a great, a great salary with them. And he, he went over and exclusively worked with them, exclusively worked with them. Same thing with Brian Michael Bendis, who was a, you know, the hotshot writer at Marvel for a long time. He created the new Avengers. He did Jessica Jones, you know, a, a lot of really popular things with them. And, uh, and again, he, he wanted a little bit more money. DC offered him more. He negotiated for it. So there are those creators that, that do get a chance to negotiate for more and make a little bit more, but you know, for just the random guy that's just getting started out writing in comics, you know, they're not going to make nearly as much and they don't have the pull, unfortunately. But like we said, I, I really do think that it would do these companies really well PR wise. And it, it would be a little more forward thinking of them to, to kick back a little bit more money to these creators, you know, famously, I know, and we'll get off of this here in a second, but I do want to give one, one, um, like concrete example, Ed Brubaker, who created the Winter Soldier. Now he didn't create Bucky. You know, Bucky Barnes has been around for almost a hundred years, but he created the character, the Winter Soldier, and um, he didn't get nearly the credit that he deserved. I thought, and he didn't get nearly the amount of of you know, kind of that thank you from from Marvel and Disney that I thought he should have. And so when it's a creator like that, where it's literally you know an adaptation of their story of a character that they created. I think that it just, it looks better for the company and it's, and it's, it's better for everybody involved. If you just share a little bit of that wealth, because, you know, winter soldier made what $800 million at the box office, not to mention how much it made off of merchandising and home video sales and all that. But so that was really all of our news. Trent, did you have anything to add? You've been, uh, you've been very quiet and bored through this entire thing. Any news to add or anything from In, anything about that or any, anything we didn't, uh, you know, we didn't have a lot of topics. Just, we, just talk to us, Trent. That's all just, we want. Just speak. Uh, pretend just like you're here. Does. There was a couple of things I noticed <laughs> today that I could rattle off real quick. Uh, none of them real shockers, but like Samuel L. Jackson was confirmed to be in the Marvels. So that was something that came up today. Um, Lucasfilm is casting for Sabine Wren for the Ahsoka show. So that might be worth mentioning. No one cast yet, but they are casting for it. So they're obviously, you're getting your wish, Derek. They're continuing the the cliffhanger from Rebels, obviously. Good. If we didn't already know that before, which I think we did. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Kind of a slower news week. So I can't think of anything else. The cliffhanger from Rebels, you mean the uh, the best Disney animated show that they've done? Well, technically, Clone Wars wasn't Disney. So you may. They, they finished it out. Although that last season of, was amazing. Ian's got his hand up like we're in class. Um, excuse me, Mr. Houskins, I, I would like to speak. Um, Mr. Michael Keaton has said oh. that it felt uh, he 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 put on his suit again, not his birthday suit, his bat suit, and uh, said that it, it felt weird at first, but then it felt uh, felt normal almost immediately after. So he just That's he just awesome. said he felt feel like he just he picked up where he left off, like what like thirty years ago, a little longer than that, but um. Well, yeah. no, nine, Batman. Uh, Batman Returns was ninety one, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, I know. I know that it was. It was eighty nine when when the key Batman was eighty nine. Yeah, yeah, but Batman Returns is the last time he was in a bat suit. So it was. It was right about thirty years ago. Yeah, and they were very similar suits. Like that, they were different in, in appeal, but they were very similar in the way that they put them on him. I'm, I just can't wait to see him as Batman again. 
You're both bud. I'm so very That's excited. Right, bud. That's right, bud. Yeah, bud. Yeah, bud. All right. Well, we're gonna take a quick break. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna inject Trent with some Monster Energy drink or like a, a coffee oh. or something. Let's see if we can get him to talk a little more. When we come back from our break, we are going to be discussing what if. But before that, hear my thoughts on Titans Season 3, Episode 1. So stick around. We will be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Thank you for sitting through that ad break and giving us a second for Trent to go and and juice up or do whatever he had to do to to be more a part of this. Yes, I stuck a needle in my butt. I juiced up. Well, that's good. Now, take a minute and shut up and let me tell you all about my thoughts on Titan Season 3, Episode 1. Because once again, these two jokers that I'm with that host a, co-host a comic book TV show and movie podcast still haven't watched Titans Season 1 or 2. What, Trent? I see that I face. I thought you were going to give us crap for not watching the new one. I was like, it just came out like today, yesterday or today. <laughs> they, they actually dropped the first three episodes today. I only got to watch the first one. But I wanted to take a second, just kind of like we did with Invincible when Trent was the only one watching that, and just give my quick thoughts on the first episode. And uh, my quick thoughts are, I'm so glad that Titans is on HBO Max now, and they've got a little bit more of a budget, and uh, and they have a little bit more of a, an understanding of what the show is going to be, because that one episode that I watched today was better than the entirety of the first season and about half of the second season. I am so excited for this third season after watching this episode. Some great, great stuff with Gotham City. Excellent stuff with Nightwing, with with Bruce Wayne. Barbara Gordon gets gets introduced. That's not a spoiler because the episode's titled Barbara Gordon. And uh, it was just really, really good. The, the banter with the team, you know, you could tell that they've been working together for a little while. And I really, really liked it. And I cannot wait to keep uh, to keep diving into this show. So I'm hoping that I can talk Ian, especially because I honestly thought that you guys should check out this episode. You don't need to see the first two seasons to watch this episode. There's not a lot of carryover and uh, it's so Gotham heavy in this one, you know, because like I said, Red Hood is, is the, the big storyline that's going to be in this season. And so there was a lot of stuff going on with, with Gotham and it was really, really well done. Uh, Brenton Thwaites is just killing it as Dick Grayson. He's finally acting like that character. Gone are, are the grumpy, angsty days of season one. And now he's full on, you know, he feels like Nightwing at this point. So I'm really excited. If you haven't had a chance to check out Titans, please, please do yourself a favor. Uh, if you slept on the show because it was on the DC Universe app, you know, it's on HBO Max now. You can blow through those first two seasons in a weekend. You know, it doesn't, it's not a long watch. And, uh, and, and really think about checking it out if you're a DC fan. It, it's excellent. So, uh, Trent, Ian, do you think you'll even give this a shot? Yeah. I plan to. Oh, I plan to as well. <laughs> That's Fine. all we got to say about it. You all have got to start talking a little longer when you see me grab a cup to take a drink. The same <laughs> thing a- happened with Bob last week in the Suicide Squad. <laughs> Bob, what'd you think about Suicide Squad? Loved it. Loved everything about it. I honestly forgot that it uh, came out today, so I wasn't prepared um, to discuss it or anything. But yeah, I, I plan on watching it. I'm hoping that it's uh, something I can... Is there How many episodes is it going to be? Do you know that yet, Derek? I'm not sure how many there are. Uh, they dropped three episodes today. I'm not sure how much it's going to be. I think there were 11 in the first season and right around that in the second as well. So I would say it'll probably be around that. But like I said, with HBO Max, they've got a little bit more money behind it. So maybe maybe it'll be longer. 
but uh, I think that, you know, 11, 12 episodes is plenty. As, as we're seeing from Bad Batch right now, you don't need to stretch it out any longer than that. If the story can be told in less, tell it in less, stop putting these stupid filler episodes in. We're not Good talking Lord. Bad Batch. Leave them alone, Derek. Leave them alone for once. Sorry. That series had so much gotta, potential. Got to defend my boys. It had so much potential. It still has. It's not it going had anywhere. so much potential. The last episode airs tomorrow, and I've never been less excited about a season finale. Ugh. Anyway, we're not talking about the Bad Batch tonight. We're not talking about Titans anymore because we have a new MCU show on Disney Plus. Their first animated. Finally, what's their... it been like a couple of weeks? I know Jeez. it's been a long time. I really. I really was fiending for another one. I, I was starting to get the shakes because we hadn't got a chance to watch an MCU show. But this one we've got now is, of course, Marvel's What If, which is their first animated show. And it is uh, hosted by The Watcher. Watu, The Watcher. And uh, I got... I got what a, a creepy in, man, by the way. He is creepy. And I cannot express how excited I got just I hearing his voice. I only watch. <laughs> <laughs> Did any did anybody else get excited hearing hearing Jeffrey Wright's voice at the intro? Mm, was it just me? No. Yeah. He always takes I don't, me I back. Don't. Go ahead, Trent. I was gonna say he always reminds me of uh Westworld and how sleepy he made me in season two. Because god, god, that season was so slow and boring. I didn't watch Westworld, Everything so I don't have mouth, I don't have that team speed. Westworld is a good show and he's good in it, but season two was really slow and boring, and for some reason, every time he talked. It was always like this. Every sentence out of his mouth was at this speed. It's like, good God, spit it out. That was just, the whole season two was just him, like, saying a paragraph. Pretty much. It was just him dialoguing, just Just, one. Just a full 26 episodes of him with one single monologue. But go check out Westworld season one and then two and three if you want, but they're not as necessary. Yeah, I've heard season one was excellent. But anyway... We're talking about we're talking about what if Ian, you didn't get to say your your thoughts. What there, if we but... actually stayed on task? Like what if? What if? One what if we just question. got to banter once in a while? What if? What, what if? if you'd break the the timeline? I know. Doesn't matter anymore. That timeline's that already stone, broken. That was the stone going. Anyway, what if? What if? <laughs> what was it? What was your What was your question? I was asking what you thought about Jeffrey Wright as a Watu. Um. I didn't mind it. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I don't mind the Watcher, but uh, the same. He's no Philomar. He is no Philomar. Uh, that man can voice anything, by the way. So, yes, that's pretty much my two cents on that. I, I, I like the Watcher. I, I like the character of the Watcher. I don't like to watch. Just, <laughs> <laughs> I don't like to just loom in the, in the shadows and just watch people. Maybe I do a little. It depends on the person. But yeah, um I you got like really excited when you heard his voice. Like just, you just like because, that much or just because I was I, I was excited for a new show. I really like the watcher. I think he's a, a fascinating character. Why and he's I not gonna do anything? No, well he's just gonna watch. He won't. He interferes <laughs> constantly in the in, in the Marvel universe. Who, That's what I thought it was funny. He's just like he's just like, I will never interfere. But I can tell you, if you want to beat this person, you have <laughs> he to. Said it. He said interfering. In he said it like he was like almost like an addict. I cannot interfere. I won't. I, won't. I will not do it. I shout. I, I gotta I interfere. Just I let me interfere, interfere, please. You're doing it wrong. You're doing it all wrong. 
But yeah, just I just it, it was something just about seeing that for character. A second. <laughs> and because this is MC, because this is, is the MCU, even though it's animated, even though it's it's kind of an offshoot and it's a multiverse type of thing, you know, it is part of the MCU. And we've seen the Watchers before in uh, Guardians volume was that volume two? Yeah, Guardians volume two. Yes. And um, it was just nice to actually, you know, hear our Watcher, you know, Uatu. I like him. I like that character, and I like Jeffrey Wright. So I was excited to hear it. So bite me. But overall, what uh, what are your general thoughts, Trent, on uh, on this first episode of What If? General thoughts, uh, you know, you're going to be surprised, but uh, I actually uh, really enjoyed it. <laughs> it's Marvel. What do you expect? No, I thought it was really fun. I thought it was a, a neat twist on the story. It gave me some uh, strong vibes for, or not vibes, but like some longing for Captain America First Avenger, which is an awesome underrated movie in the MCU. So it made me reminisce fondly about that. Um, it was, I really, I've always enjoyed Peggy Carter as a character. So it was cool to see her get some spotlight, uh, especially after her awesome and very underrated show kind of was just swept under the rug and no one really acknowledges it anymore. So it's neat seeing her get her due a little bit. And... I did have some thoughts on it though. Some I had a couple, I don't want to say like dislikes or full blown like negatives, but there were a few things I wanted to touch on. I don't know if you want to get like Ian's thoughts first before we get into that. Yeah, let's stuff. get Ian's Ian's overall thoughts and then we can talk about nitpicks and things we like. So Ian, what'd you think of this episode overall? I didn't mind it. I wasn't crazy about it. Um I thought it was a, it was a neat concept and it was it was neat to watch, but like honestly, like I was just like, nah, it's all right. But I wasn't just like as enthralled as I think you two were like sitting at the edge of my seat, like, Oh man, she's going to jump in the, like, I, Oh, that's cool. <laughs> that was my level. Well, of I wasn't like on the time. edge of my seat. I mean, it was basically the, the first you're on the edge movie. of your seat right now. You're about to fall <laughs> off of your chair. <laughs> but yeah, I, I agree with you in that aspect of it. It was, it was neat retelling. Um, I don't want to say too much. Are we, uh, spoiler in no no let me get my general thoughts okay. on first before we before we get there i actually i i didn't love everything about the episode i really did enjoy it i thought it was fun i did fall asleep at one point but that was more because i was exhausted than anything else don't worry i rewound it and watched it again but um yeah i i, I actually really liked it it wasn't um it wasn't game changing i thought that there were some definitely some issues but as a first episode just to kind of let us see what the show was going to be about and what what we could expect from the tone I thought that they did a pretty good job. I loved the animation. I, I actually really liked the animation because I thought it was such an interesting look uh, uh, where it almost looked hand-drawn, even though you know it was CG and it had some really great shading to make it look very, very three-dimensional. So I really liked it. But again, I do have some nitpicks that we can go go through. So so whoever wants to start on some some picking so, some of those nits, Trent wants to pick some nits. I'm only going to jump in just because it, it transitions from what you just said, because I did want to talk about the animation as well. And overall, I, I really liked it too. There were a lot of scenes that were really, really just beautifully done animation. But then there were some scenes that just kind of reminded me of like a crappy cell shaded video game cutscene. So it kind of like, I don't know, it kind of, maybe I just need to get used to it more. Because um, some of the stuff, like the action scenes, I thought were great. Like and some of the bigger set pieces from the show, the animation was great, but it was just like some of the talking up close talking shots. They just like, it didn't really like the lips didn't match very well or something. Mm -hmm. It just didn't look quite as good as just the rest of the show. So 
kind of on the fence about that a little bit. But uh, Ian, did you have anything to add? I didn't want to. No, you're fine, man. It, it's 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 to your point. Like I wasn't really much on the. I didn't pay that much attention to the animation. I thought the animation looked good from what I was watching, but it was kind of like one of those things, like I said, like with some of the Bad Batch episodes, like it was on and I had other things going on. I was paying attention and and, and I liked it overall. I wasn't like Derek. I didn't fall asleep. It's how bored I was with it. But <laughs> um, no, like I, I, I didn't, I didn't notice that much in the animation to where the mouse weren't syncing up sometimes or some of it looked a little too goofy or whatever. Um so to your point on the animation, uh, I wasn't paying that much attention to it. <laughs> you didn't watch it, did you, Ian? <laughs> yeah, on the making your way through this I whole episode. I Google searched this whole episode. I'm, I'm sorry, guys. I didn't watch it. Well, I, I know I said we'll get into our nitpicks, but segueing off of what, what you guys were talking about with the voices not syncing up with the lips, what did everybody think about the voice cast? You know, we had a lot of recurring or returning characters with Haley Atwell, Jamie well, Renner, thought, and Samuel I thought, Jackson. What's his name? What's his name that did Steve Rogers? I thought he did a very good yeah, job. Yeah, who who was that the, that was doing Steve Rogers? Name. I can't remember. His name is Josh Keaton, and he Josh, oh, Josh voices. Yeah. yeah, he voices a lot of. He does. Marvel. You know who? He yes. voices, you know who he voiced? Who Green, Green Lantern, Green Lantern, the Green Lantern Spectac- animated series, no, that, that Spectacular Spider Man. Those his both. Shut up. He did one of the Spider Man. I don't remember which one. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, he did. He did a great job as uh, Steve. I thought he, he was did a really the highlights of the show that. because you know I knew going in that uh, Chris Evans wasn't going to be in it, so I was kind of like listening for a little bit. But honestly, those first few lines he delivered sounded pretty spot on. And then obviously mm-hmm. there were some times where you know you could tell it wasn't him. Yeah, obviously it wasn't him. But overall, yeah, he did a great job, especially compared to the uh, bad he... taste in my mouth that the Robert Downey Jr. actor. Oh, <laughs> left Lord. when we saw the trailer <laughs> i'm not looking so. forward to that when we see him thankfully it's going to be in a couple of weeks and then i can yeah. just enjoy the show until we hear a really bad robert downey jr impersonation the other one that I, think... I wanted to say was before you go sorry to mean to run over you trent but shut up is uh bradley whitford as colonel flynn this new ca- this new character they created for this episode you mean steve martin he looked just like like steve martin (laughs) he didn't look like steve martin but it was funny i was we were watching it and as soon as he spoke i looked at i looked at hallie and i just went that's that's bradley whitford and not to uh distinctive voice not to uh not to make you look like a fool especially right before your trivia game Derek. but he was not a new character he was in the marvel one shot for agent carter i meant for the story because they got they killed colonel phillips Mm -hmm. sure you did sure you did I'm shaking his confidence now before trivia night. No, I'm not shaking my confidence at all. <laughs> not at all. But it, No, I agree. It was interesting but that yeah, he brought him into it because I was like, was he in First Avenger? I don't think he was. And then I had to go back and look. And he Yeah, gone. he was in the Agent Carter one shot. But all right. Now, for real, nitpicks. Problems that we had with the episode. As I wave my arms wildly <laughs> to wake up Trent. Why wasn't well, she just Captain Britain? Why was she Captain Carter? I wondered that too. Just let her be Captain Britain. Yeah, maybe they have plans for Captain Britain. Well, maybe they do, they but it's an Elseworlds story, so what's the matter? Yeah, it's not going to tie in directly to anything anyway, so just let her be Captain Britain. Well, okay, so I want to get into that in a second. Um, before no, I want you to get into picks. that now. Well, no, I have a question that I feel like would be a good discussion point that we could. Oh, okay, back sorry, in a second, but but I want to just do our other smaller nitpicks before we get into that discussion. Um, did either of you have any more to throw out before? The, the one two. problem I had, the one nitpick I had was, oddly enough, with the voice cast that I was just praising, 
I, I didn't look to see who it was. I don't know if it was Neil McDonough playing Dum Dum Dugan again. It was, but it I don't was. know what was going on with his voice. It just sounded off. It it didn't sit right. Well, because didn't he have a he had some sort of an accent in the movie though, didn't he? It wasn't like not not know, too much. I don't. I don't was, know that yeah, he had I thought he had some sort of a twang to to it, like in the movie. Maybe <laughs> I I just always think of that that great line. You know something, Fritz? Fritz, one of these days I'm gonna have a stick of my own. I always made me laugh. I love Dum Dum Dugan. I want to. I want to see you more. Know of who him. was weird for me, and this isn't one of my nitpicks, but you just kind of reminded me of the voice cast. Dominic Cooper, like he just yeah. seemed kind of yeah, weird. He sounded he was, off too. He was he almost too off. cartoony. Like I know it was a cartoon, but he almost seemed like an actual cartoon from the third. Like talking like this, really extra, you know. And he just kind of was like, yeah, right, it's like buddy. he forgot like, I know how that's... to do the Howard Stark voice. Yeah, like he like, didn't sound like he did in the movie or in the. Well, his Carter accent show. was like coming I, through too. His I I one hundred percent agree with both of those things. I noticed that too. Uh, one nitpick thing I had was not only like that stuff that you guys are talking about, but uh, Sebastian Stan. Hear yeah. me out. Hear me out. He's getting a lot of flack on Twitter today. Out. I'm glad you mentioned this, by the way, because I want to uh, see your all's thoughts on that. Well, Bucky, did did, did they seem like two best friends to you? They just seem like distant relatives that just like had hung out like once or twice a year it's just like, oh yeah it's because they're like oh i didn't know that uh captain carter was such good friends with steve rogers yeah, i think he's my friend too what the hell are you talking about this man risked his life to come save you and use the oh, i guess we're friends <laughs> it didn't really seem like they were like brothers like they seemed like in the movie yeah. he also didn't seem nearly as upset when he thought steve died <laughs> right that's true too that's very true too <laughs> we have to go we yeah, go. people were people were giving well, he may uh, be Sebastian... alive down there. We have to go. <laughs> they were giving him some crap on Twitter over his voice acting, and I'm thinking like I didn't think it was like that bad. I mean, if you want to blame maybe the like writing, Bucky. some of... yeah, like yeah, I thought I, he did. I don't think his acting was bad. I think the script of him not being like compassionate enough towards Steve was bad, in my opinion. That's what I didn't like. Yeah. Wasn't his actual voice acting. Which that segues into one of my nitpicks. One of my, I think I had two, uh, and it's the big one that everyone seems to be complaining about is the pacing. It was really, really fast, which I understand why they basically tried to cram the first Captain America movie into 30 minutes, but I felt like they could have, I don't know, like the back half of the episode I thought was much better, but the first half, it was just like they sped through every single plot point of that movie. And it's like yeah, either make the episode a little bit longer did. or don't use every single beat from the movie. Like yeah, if you're going to do a different story, why do you have to use every beat from the movie? Which it, on the front half, they did use some things that were a little different. Like little they, they caught Zola early on. He wasn't on the train. So there were some things that were, were a little different, but I was surprised as we were watching. I was like, Oh, so it's just first Avenger, but Peggy instead of Steve, like it was, yeah, so it was almost beat for beat. I'm hoping the other episodes aren't just the movies but with slightly different tweaks i hope they use the basis but then kind of branch off on their own stories um well, which no, i think this one did in the end yeah they really but... tweaked the end uh, i thought and i thought, I thought that, that was, was the best cool. part of the episode was the end all the stuff when they when they show up and red skulls basically summoning the crack and it was basically the end of hellboy the first hellboy that, movie that's true <laughs> that's true however i did think it was funny that she pushes a uh oshuma back into the uh back into the the portal mm-hmm. and then she just reappears and just like well how did you get away what happened there FaceTime. I'm well i mean when the <laughs> portal, when the portal bo- opened back up there were a bunch of tentacles that have been cut off so that maybe it was, a little better maybe it was implying and did you say shuma was that supposed to be shuma Garoth? yeah 
Was it really? I didn't hear it. Because like I said, I fell asleep right around that point. I had to rewind it, and I think I missed a line or two. Well, I assumed it was, and then I went and looked it up, and the uh, the Easter egg said, said so. And the Shuma I'm used to is like the giant eye. and like With the, the tentacles. tentacles. Yeah. yeah. Marvel and, versus uh, Capcom. Yeah, that one. <laughs> that one. There's something. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna take for a ride. I, I, I never I never picked him in that game. But. No, he was awful. Yeah. War Machine and Iron Man all the way. Trent, since we're already on a rabbit trail, who was your uh, go-to in Marvel vs. Capcom 3 or 2 or with whichever version you played the most? I didn't play enough to have like a go-to. <gasps> I just played. What? You know, I played it. I just not enough. I think to have it a... was the first one that was my favorite. Shut the fuck up, Trent. I think it was, <laughs> I think it was the first one that was my favorite. Cyclops? Oh, my God, man. He was a, he was a badass in that game. Yeah, he was. I always felt bad for the Capcom characters. I felt like they were grossly outmatched. They were, but, but Trick, Mega Man was never, a beast. Yes, but if you combine like uh, Cyclops with pretty much like any other character, I think Spider Man was in that first one too. Um, there was a special you could do in that Trent where uh, Cyclops had this like basically this Omega beam that that came out. And it took up the entire screen, pretty much. I seem to vaguely remember that, now that you mentioned that. Yeah, so what if we got back to this episode? Trent, continue what you were saying before we got off on that well, you, even, you even said, since we're going down the rabbit hole, Trent, do you want to... I asked, and Trent didn't go along with us, so I went him back into it. He yeah, was he excited. Had, he what if nothing. Derek wasn't a douche to you, Ian? What if? <laughs> what if? What if? <laughs> that would destroy the entire dynamic of this show. That's this would true. never work. <laughs> it wouldn't yeah. work out. <laughs> it wouldn't work. Um... Okay, my other nitpick, and this really is truly a nitpick because it didn't like ruin anything for me. But so I know that this was a the Super Soldier project. They put a lot of money and resources into it. This was their once in a lifetime shot. I know this. It was important not to waste the opportunity. Why did no one give a shit about Steve being shot? He yeah, just laid there in a pool person. of his own. Somebody get in that machine. This man's dying. I don't give a shit. Get in the machine. It's like you could have went and tended to him. Someone could have Could you not throw him in the machine? Oh, he was too weak to do it, Ian. Someone's got to get in there. But, but somebody could have picked him up and threw him in the machine, and I feel like that would have restored his health. Like That was my one. regenerated. My big gripe for the like whole first part of the episode. Well, like literally, Steve that. gets shot. No one is alarmed or cares. All I do, all they care about is their super soldier opportunity. And it's like this man is dying. And it's like, I understand if you want to not waste this moment and all these millions of dollars, but like at least someone could have ran up while Peggy jumped in the machine and could have helped Steve. He just laid there. Anyway, that was my yeah, no, that's a nitpick of mine too. And then like when Peggy's about to jump in, the, the guy's like oh no we can't have that that's a woman i'm like well, she's already a high-ranking officer so why would why does that matter she had no business in here you didn't have a problem with her until she was jumping in the machine oh well, no, 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 wait a second that's, here that's one thing that i've found so interesting with that character in general in the mcu because like colonel phillips Tommy Lee jones character holds her in the highest regard she is clearly a high-ranking it off or yeah. agent in this in this program she's one of the founding members of shield but then the second that they gave her her own thing to do like with the one shot and with the agent carter show it was like oh no no no. you're a girl get get back in the kitchen (laughs) get back in the kitchen doll what happened make up your mind you can't have it both ways wait a minute isn't she a high-ranking like and then he was like oh you're not a field operative you're you're an an agent even the season one of mean? the show that they don't really consider canon anymore. Season one, they kind of dealt with that same thing too. Oh yeah. 
which I realize it's part of the era, but yeah, I agree. They've already established her as this pretty, uh, you know, powerful and, and uh, accomplished woman. So yeah, a little weird. But. Yeah. It's just, they flip flop back and forth on that. And it's so strange. So yeah, I, um, any other nitpicks before we move on? With the show, the show, the show in, in general. general, the show in no, general. We don't like, have time for life. No, 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 no. Do you want me to bring up the that discussion point that I? I would love for you ago? to bring up a discussion point. I'm so excited to see you participating in the show in a real meaningful way, Trent. Oh, thanks. Very proud of you. <laughs> no, the thing I wanted to bring up was that so. I forget which one of you said it earlier about how it's, I don't even remember the words you used, but basically it's like, you know, it's an animated show. It's not very, I don't remember own, who said it or what it's, they said, but I'm going to build off of that point. I'm going to build off that point. <laughs> It'll make sense in a second, but the gist was, you know what it was, the gist was that, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, I don't want to say else worlds. That's DC, but, uh, you know, yeah, it's, a, a, it's different, a common turn. Yeah, it's an Elseworlds thing. It's its own contained different universe. It's inconsequential. That was the discussion I wanted to get into. Is like, is it going to be inconsequential, or do you think this is actually going to open up ramifications for the movies and stuff? Because we've had like Tom Hiddleston and some of the writers being like, no, it's canon, which obviously it's canon, but like really kind of hyping the fact that this show is going to lead into other things. And then there's like a rumor out there that Captain Carter might show up in Doctor Strange. So like, do you guys think this is actually going to lead to other things? Like, I think, and I know I'm all over the place here, which is why I don't host this show, but like, they've already said Captain Carter is going to appear in every season of this show. So there's obviously going to be more stories that either, I don't know if they're going to pick up from the end of this episode or what they're going to do. So she's still not done as far as this show goes. And then there's like that rumor that all of the episodes are going to kind of culminate into one sort of like alternate Avengers for the final episode this year. So I'm just kind of I'm spilling all this stuff out to see what you all think as far as like do you think it's just going to be its own animated thing or do you think it's actually going to lead to other stuff in the MCU? I mean, I think that it's definitely got the possibility to lead into other things in the MCU, but I just don't think it's going to have major ramifications for the for the other for the live action movies. Because as much as they're making everything one canon, they're bringing everything together under Disney Plus and the and the theatrical releases. I just don't think that they are naive enough to think that they can put these, these things in an animated show, especially their first animated show and one that's so out there and that the entire premise of it is, is that it, this isn't the main universe that we deal with. Right. I, I don't think that they are naive enough to think that that would work and go over well with the general audience. Now, people that have watched every single movie, watched every single show, you know, read the comics, understand this kind of thing. It's They'll go them. along with just about anything, but the general movie going audience, the people that don't know this, that have just that were introduced to Iron Man in Iron Man one in 2008, you know, those people, those people like they're untouchables or unmentionables. Those people. But the, the general movie going audience is not going to be watching what if, and they're going to be they, they run the risk of being very confused if they start making this their first animated show have major ramifications. But couldn't you make that argument? Couldn't you make that argument for the other shows too, though? Even though they're not animated, they're still Disney. Yeah, you shows. can, but the but but what happened in these shows so far that can't be easily explained away in a movie? Falcon and the Winter Soldier at the end of Endgame, Sam has the shield. At the beginning of Captain America, he'll yeah, have the shield. I agree. Wandavision, it easily explained away. The government was able to restore Vision. Wanda 
you know, is this Nexus be- being that's all powerful. I'm sure it'll get mentioned in Doctor Strange. Like Loki opening up the multiverse is a pretty big deal, though. I think so, too. But I also think that Kang is going to be an ever-present danger in multiple properties going forward. Like, I think we're going to get multiple versions of Kang in a lot of different movies. I don't think that we're going to have to wait until Ant-Man and the Wasp for him to show up again. So I think that it'll easily be. My point is, is that even though these shows will have ramifications for the movies in general, I think that they're making sure that everything that they do is easily explained quickly in a movie. Like within one quick little bit of dialogue or exposition, they'll be able to explain what's going on. And I think that that's probably the wisest thing to do. But um, I, as to your to your point, I just don't think that it's going to have major ramifications for the live action. Characters may cross over, but I'd be very surprised if, you know, something that happened in this first episode of What If somehow has ripple effects that causes something major, you know, in The Eternals or Doctor Strange. Well, how about you? How about scaling it down? Do you think it'll have ramifications for the future or do you think these will just solely be one off? self-contained stories or do you think there will be like an alternate avengers like with captain carter already being in present time at the end you think like it's oh i think i think definitely they're going to be for the show itself the show yeah just within the show yeah within the show itself i don't think it's going to be as self-contained stories like we think it is or like we've been thinking it is i think that they are probably going to with the fact that they had her come back into modern time the same way that they had loki show up in the avengers and that hawkeye and and Nick Fury were right there. I can definitely see them basically making this entire first season one big event and have it culminate with, so with a big group. So I think that they're going to be more more interconnected within the show, but I just don't see them having a big, broad scope changing effect on the live action. Ian, what about you? Do you think that they got that they would be ballsy enough to try that with their first animated show? No, I I don't know why you. Well, at the same time, I guess you could. You can get away with it, right? Yeah, they definitely could. I just don't know that they will. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm just saying, like, I think you said there's no, like, really ramifications or there's really no, like, um, consequences for it. But I, I don't know. I'll just I, say, piggybacking uh, off you, Ian, that only someone like Marvel could get away with something like this. And I feel like it's pretty dang impressive that they can even make a show like what if, because um, a show like this is basically just like parading you through their, how long has it been now? 13 years worth of movies and 20 plus movies. You know what I mean? Like to go back and basically just tell the same stories over with different little tweaks here and there. Like that just shows you how much of a behemoth Marvel has become and how they could pretty much do anything they want now. And like this show, I feel like, you know, a casual fan could enjoy it, but I feel like this show is especially for the diehard MCU fans that have been there through the whole thing, you know? Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and Marvel is, Marvel is without a doubt and without the, the undisputed most successful franchise of all time in all of history, in all of film history. So if anybody could do it and find a way to get away with it, I believe that Marvel could, I just don't know that they would do it with this first season. Give them a full season, see how it does with the fans, see how it does with the critics, see how people respond to it. Then maybe start introducing things in the second season that may have more lasting ramifications for the live action universe. That's what I think that they would end up doing if they if they really what? wanted to do that. 
or maybe they are just going to spin this off into their own big animated universe because there's also we didn't mention this in our news but they're uh, supposedly working on a lot of animated projects marvel is like yeah they're they're, they're they've opened up their own division they opened up their own animated division with uh, with marvel so there's rumors they could possibly work with pixar or disney animation on some of these things so i think they're really diving headfirst into the animation game for sure yeah i think you're i think you're right well, I'm excited to see where this show goes. I'm excited to keep watching it every week and uh, hope that that Tony Stark impersonation isn't garbage like it was in the trailer. <laughs> but uh, any last minute thoughts on the show before we uh, before we go on and talk about our our wonderful followers this week? No, no, no good start. Good start. Fun show. Lots of possibilities. I'm excited yep. to see more. That's uh, that's a perfect way to wrap it up there, Trent. So why don't you take that ball and run with it? and uh give a shout out to our social media followers for the week all right not as many this week but that's okay um our followers this week include toby ford deandre robinson brian reed the moral combat pod what should we watch podcast alessandra di bella phil manning design works big nick john martin the no on 15 all cast podcast and samantha lynn there you have it thank you very much to everyone who is following us if you're not like i mentioned at the top of the show go and check us out we're on facebook twitter and instagram we're most uh, active on twitter because our wonderful social media manager is excellent at twitter thank you trent for everything you do you keep this podcast and people's in people's minds and hearts with every tweet that you post Do I? also also if you want to hear really really ridiculous outtakes of the crap that you don't hear on these episodes because you know we are not professional in any way shape or form and if you think the silly things that we say on here are bad just imagine what we cut out so if you want to hear that check us out on social media trent's really good about posting those usually on my uh usually at my expense i feel like we just got one more follower uh eight one two eight zero wait a minute <laughs> this is this is Ian's phone number. What? What? Ian, what? did you just no. start following us? <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> you know your Twitter name is your phone number. No, <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> I've been following us the whole time, guys. That's that's dangerous. Put my phone number out there. <laughs> I got a notification on my phone, and it was a Twitter notification. Ian, thanks, buddy. No, it wasn't me, guys. You guys are crazy. Ian two hundred three. No, that's ironic. There must be another. I'm, I'm actually two hundred four. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you to everybody. All of our new, all of our new followers. Like I said, especially Ian. We really appreciate having this mysterious Ian, whoever it is. Thank you so much for following. Thank, I'm sure. Thank, that, thank you, mysterious traveler. I'm sure that you're a gentleman and a scholar and a very attractive human being. Now, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, please feel free to email us at paperweightent at yahoo.com. If you are enjoying what you're hearing here, please give us a, uh, a rating. Give us a review, especially on Apple Podcasts. That really, really helps us out because the category in which we are listed on Apple is a very overpopulated category. So if we want to bump this up higher up in the search engine, then uh, the more ratings and reviews we get, the better. So if you've been listening to us for a while and you haven't, uh, haven't given us a rate and review, please consider doing so. A good one. Or we'll come and get you. Trent will bring his Nicolas Cage pillow and smother you. Yeah. That's, that's the yeah. last thing you'll see before you <laughs> that's high praise. fade to black. <laughs> all right. Well, with that threat, it was wonderful to talk to you all. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. For Trent, Ian, 
I have been Derek, and this has been the Paperweight Entertainment Podcast. I promise Trent's not going to smother you. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Bye! Yay!